I'm set, and we're recording. All right. Hello, and welcome to the Gobeski-Wallace Report. I'm special guest, Doug Gobeski. Joining I'm non-special today. guest, Adam Gobeski. And this is Frank. Hey! <laughs> it's Frank? That's all I got. <laughs> and this is Charlie Wallace. We got Frankie Muniz. Oh, Frankie Muniz. Did you not get Frankie Muniz? <laughs> I got Frank. Because I'm Frank. Nobody. Pause. <laughs> uh, is your internet connection still messed up? No, it's actually fine. So I don't know. It's just, it's not actually bad right now. It just happened to do it right when he said Frankie Muniz. Well, it's okay. No one gets Frankie Muniz. Except maybe Frankie Muniz. Well, this is a much more combative Frankie Muniz than I think we we're used to. Yeah, that's this how you much... tell he's an imposter. That's how you know he's, much... <laughs> he's much more bitter right now. <laughs> the real no Frankie Muniz me. is a friendly gentleman. <laughs> friendly <Frankie>. race car. <laughs> Angsty Muniz. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good band name. <laughs> Angsty Muniz just watches uh, my dog skip on repeat. <laughs> so, uh, so welcome to our fifth episode of the Merry Marvel Movie March, where we will be discussing the 1990 movie Captain America, which probably most people haven't seen. Although it's on YouTube. Yeah, I was wondering about that. You told me it was on YouTube and I was I mean, there's no rights issues with that. I suspect that the right. Holders don't care enough. <laughs> I mean, you're you're propping them up with your Blu-ray purchases, Adam. So <laughs> my nine dollar Blu-ray purchase. I mean, they don't have That's energy right. to send a cease and desist or uh, request that YouTube take it down. Well, right. I mean, you have to care, right? I guess so. You have to write an email. <laughs> yeah. So yes, uh, the 1990 Captain America, starring Matt Salinger as Steve Rogers. No more Grant Gardner. It's all Steve Rogers now. <laughs> and and to answer the question that you're asking yourself, yes, he is J.D. Salinger's son. Oh, yeah. All right. Is that why he fell off the radar after this? Uh, having looked into it a little bit, it looks like he switched to like the production side of things. He's actually got he, he's got some reasonable like producer credits under his belt. A lot of theater looked like. Oh, some okay, award-winning yeah. plays and stuff. Wow, that's kind so, of impressive, actually. Yeah, it's not it's not one of those cases where you find out what happened and you feel really bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh, Jennifer Lean from Star Trek Voyager, the actress who played Kess. Like, she fell on hard times pretty hardcore. Mm. Like, got arrested, like, a year ago or something for, like, public drunkenness or something, and it was just like, oof. Oh yeah, yeah. That that oh. did not, as far as I could tell, that did not happen to Matt Salinger. Oh, so he doesn't need your royalty check from the nine dollar <laughs> Blue Ranger purchase. <laughs> right, he's no Cubert. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna take over for a bit because I did the research that I'm assuming no one else did into the like behind the scenes stuff a bit. Correct. Before we actually yeah, launch absolutely into correct. Yeah. Uh, this is what distinguishes us from our sister podcast, Cinematic Respect, is that I do the research <laughs> before the podcast is on. <laughs> Hold on, everybody. I'm going to Wikipedia. 
<laughs> we watch the movies too hardcore for cinematic respect. <laughs> I don't I don't know why I'm trying to foster this rivalry between our two podcasts. I just think it's funny to me. <laughs> Mentions are good no matter what they're about. Uh, the Donald Trump theory. <laughs> Who knew making a podcast would be so hard? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be easier than not making a podcast. <laughs> I really thought it was going to be simpler than my previous life. <laughs> but yeah, so um, this movie is was released by 21st Century Film Corporation, something like that, which uh, I'm sure you've heard of. But no, um, so th- this is actually... Uh, a movie from one of the former owners of Canon films hmm. who put out a lot of like low budget stuff in the eighties, Superman for the quest for peace. That's Canon films, uh, masters of the universe with Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella. Uh, that's a Canon films release break into electric boogaloo, I believe is actually also a Canon films release. <laughs> All right. So just to give you an idea of the sorts of movies they put out, uh, you know, low budget stuff. So this movie very much, I think, fits into that same sort of category of just like movies that look cheap. Like if you've ever seen Superman four, this is actually probably a little better than that. Oh, yeah. They were able to afford the film in Yugoslavia for this one. Yes. But uh, so this is one of those movies that is sort of on the fence of whether or not we watch it because it never actually got a theatrical release in the United States. Uh, it's not the case like the Punisher where the production studio that made the movie was going through bankruptcy so they couldn't release in the United States. Instead, this actually seemed to have a much more troubled production with the producers not or the studio rather not really preferring the director's cut. And so they actually took the project away from him at one point. So it kind of sat on the shelf for a while before it eventually went direct to video in the United States. I think it did get a limited theatrical airing overseas, though, but since our philosophy here seems to be if it was intended for a theatrical release and it didn't start out as a made-for-TV movie, then we'll include it. So that's why we're including this here, even though, yeah. uh, as I said, this did not get a theatrical release, despite all the many advertisements claiming this was coming to a theater near you. I think once we get past the next film or two, this won't be an issue anymore. It'll be a little bit more cut yeah. and dry what we actually need to watch. Right, yeah, the Fantastic Four, the infamous Roger Corman film coming up next. And then uh, there's a film in a, a little bit down the line called Man Thing that we actually have to have a conversation about because it sort of falls into this category. But instead of going direct-to-video, I believe it actually went to the Sci-Fi Channel. Hmm. Yeah. But apparently it was intended for a theatrical release at some point, too. But we can get there when we get there. Right now it's Captain America, Defender of Freedom and Liberty. I think we've mentioned this movie on the podcast before and maybe discussed it briefly, right? Yes. But I don't think we had a full episode devoted to it. Right. So we're going to fix that right now. And we've brought with us Paul Wilcox, who uh, has replaced Frankie Muniz. Hello. Hi. Good to be back. Good to have you. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you hadn't seen this movie before, right? No, I had not. Right. So we'll get a fresh perspective from Paul because the other... The rest of us had seen it before when I first bought the Blu-ray and was like, we got to watch this bad movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now, 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that what started us on this whole Mary Marvel movie march? It is part of the impetus, right? Was watching this movie going, that was bad, but not the worst thing. And now I want to see other things <laughs> and also make people watch those. That was unsatisfyingly bad. <laughs> so it was a combination of that. And then a combination of Charlie mentioning to me at one point that he hadn't really seen many Marvel movies at all. And I was like, well, we got to fix that. Wait, is that the impetus for cinematic respect then? <laughs> to watch Marvel movies? No, I mean, that's what we're doing here. I mean, as much fun as it would be to watch, uh, <laughs> have the same episode for both podcasts. You haven't <laughs> seen it, so you're forced to watch it. Yes. Basically, this is getting uh, getting a taste of my own medicine here every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> so what did everyone think? I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it's not bad. I mean, it was kind of bad, but it's not bad. Yeah, I know what you mean. Even though it's the second time I saw it, I kind of still enjoyed it. Did you watch it on double speed? I did not watch it on double speed, no. <laughs> because I was recording sound clips, too, which I would have been also recorded in double speed. <laughs> you didn't watch the every time he uh, gets out of the car and pretends he's got to throw up. <laughs> Shrek plays. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez, I better triple speed this one. <laughs> I'm going to be here forever. So that might have been my favorite part of the movie, though, is, is him doing that twice. <laughs> Not when it was done to him. No, that was pretty good, too. It's a it roll was crafty. Three. So where should we begin? What should we talk about? Costume. The costume? Oh, man. It's a good place to start. (laughs) I I thought it was a good improvement over the uh, the one from the 40s. But it wasn't. No, it it wasn't great, but it was an improvement. Uh, See, now i got to go look back at what the original Captain America... (laughs) (laughs) Because this was just like like a balloon pulled over his head with eyes cut out like he was like in fourth grade making a Halloween costume. I made all my Halloween costumes out of latex as a child. <laughs> as you do. And he's <laughs> not a superhero who made the costume himself either. The government made it for him, so... Yeah, no, we're told it's like a super fancy... Like, <laughs> low-bid government contract? <laughs> Probably is a good explanation for it, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Yeah, now that I'm looking at these photos again. Yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> With the eye holes? Yeah, it is definitely yeah. an improvement. Yes. <laughs> so I think it's just harder to tell because I watched the uh, the serial on YouTube, whereas I uh, watched this in sparkling high definition. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that costume was, despite the fact that it was an improvement on the 1944 version, it's it was weird. Like sometimes the eye holes were like fine. And sometimes like they just like looked like they were literally cutting into his eyeballs. <laughs> it's just like this is not good but let's get real here for a moment when's the moment when you realize the ears on the head on the mask were fake did you notice right away or did it take a bit i noticed right away but then i was like no maybe they're real ears and so it wasn't until like three quarters of the way through the movie where he's you know wearing the suit for continuously where i was like oh yeah no that's that's those are not human ears i think <laughs> When when they were like doing like the, <laughs> I think when they were doing the nighttime shoot stuff where he's like more in shadow, I think it worked. Just when they were, he was suddenly like broad daylight, 
and the color of his ears are very much not the color of his face. That is like, oh, wow. Yeah, there are a couple scenes like the like one where he's up in Canada running through a field and then the other one where he's scaling that Italian castle, right? Where it's just bright middle of the day sort of shot that looks kind of, I mean, I guess comic book could be sort of bizarre as well. You're right. It highlights all of the flaws of the costume. Whereas the ears are like kind of like a little bit mocha colored. And... <laughs> you, you don't go to the uh, you don't go to the salon and get just your ears tanned. <laughs> oh, I actually thought it was the opposite problem that his ears were too pale compared to his actual skin tone. Is that they they were like these weird like uh, white costume ears they'd found at like the Halloween store. <laughs> Just pasted on the side of the head because I mean it makes sense, right? Because the comic book Captain America, his ears are exposed. And given the problems with the eye holes, there's no way they were going to make ear holes work. (laughs) I like to think that they tried and he was like, no, no, this isn't going to (laughs) work. Can't do this. He had a shield this time. He did have a shield this time. Yeah. And he had wings on the side of his uh, his cowl. He didn't have a shield in the old movie. No, in the serial, he has no shield. Instead, he has a gun with which he murders criminals. Roughly (laughs) two per per chapter on average. You know that? That is the Captain America. That's a real Captain America right there. (laughs) However, the first bullet that that he uh, indexes to, whatever the gun term is, is always a blank. You give him a warning shot. (laughs) I don't think that actually holds for the rest of the serial. I think only in that episode was that true. <laughs> he gave up that. <laughs> I've got one blank for the lifetime of the gun. <laughs> criminals get one warning shot. All criminals. Such a shame that they wasted it on him then. <laughs> so the the sparkling Blu-ray that I got at Target for $9. <laughs> I uh, did have a uh, an interview with the director and Matt Salinger where they talked a little bit about the movie. And one of the things they said was that they because it was so low budget, right? And they were sort of pushing the budget as it was. There apparently were a number of instances where they were like, OK, we're just going to have to do some pickup shots when we get back to like Hollywood or wherever they were. Vancouver, whatever. And apparently they just never had the money to actually pick up a bunch of the shots oh. <laughs> that they were planning on doing. Oh. So you got sort of the sense then that both the director and Matt Salinger were a little bit frustrated with the finished product relative to like the script they had intended to fully film and stuff. I did think it clocked in a little bit on the shorter side. Yeah. It's about 97 minutes, I think is what it said. So long enough to be a feature. After about five minutes, I noticed something. And so I started to write down every single scene change for about the first 40 minutes. After that, there aren't actually that many scene changes, right? You end up in Italy and like Southern California. But starting at the beginning of the movie, they go from Italy to the White House to Southern California to that American research facility in the diner to a hospital to an airplane to a Nazi base back to D.C., then to Ohio, then to a press conference, then to the White House, then to an Illuminati meeting somewhere, and then to Alaska. and then back to the, in Alaska. <laughs> and then back to the White House, and then to Rome, and then to northern Canada. 
This is the first 40 minutes. So what you're saying is that Captain America, the first Avenger, could have really cut down some time. It could have followed this Captain America's example and just got that movie down to 40 minutes and been fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, it's just, it was constantly jumping back and forth everywhere. And I think that goes back to what you're talking about, where maybe there were some other scenes that needed to be filmed. And then there's the first half where that happens a lot. And then the second half of the movie, they're just I think it works a lot better because they're not jumping back and forth so much. Yeah, I have to. I thought that the the original Red Skull's actual Red Skull makeup was actually pretty impressive. Like to the point where I was sort of disappointed when he suddenly looked like just some nastily scarred human for the right. rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Classic, like 1990 villain. Yeah. But uh, as Paul brought up, it did kind of make you want to see some prequels about the Red Skull as a boy. Because <laughs> they because they cut but from like those seven years from like when he's first transformed to when Captain America shows up. And where's the intervening movies? Because we all want to see Little Red Skull. <laughs> <laughs> so, do they explain why Red Skull is abducted and why Captain America is also chosen? What is it about them that makes them good candidates for this? So they do explain why why Red Skull is abducted, but it's in Italian and German, so you can't understand because they don't actually translate <laughs> Oh, they said it was because the boy's really intelligent. That's why they're abducting him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was actually the one subtitle they did give you. Okay. So it's just intelligence then. And then Captain America, they chose for... I don't think they actually said that at all. That might actually... I'm not... I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of those scenes that they were intending to film and didn't get a chance to do. They were really choosy about what they decided to put in subtitles. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's just all kinds of... Italian getting thrown around. <laughs> they didn't have the budget to uh, translate anything but the most essential lines. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it does does work in that I don't think I missed anything too important that they were saying, but it was kind of off-putting when they, you know, would just have nothing on the screen and all of a sudden one line. <laughs> and then nothing for a while again. It really just it felt like they were making a choice for you, you know. Right. <laughs> Pay no attention to these lines. <laughs> I also really enjoyed the moment later on with the uh, the Italian couple who live in Red Skull's old house, where there's like two or three subtitled lines that don't seem to be in sync with the actual amount of like dialogue <laughs> being thrown back and forth. <laughs> And there's like a there's like a subtitle that shows up and then continues, but it seems to be spread from like the woman to the man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they're like they're like joint forming a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> but the it's like they passed it. <laughs> well, when you have a good marriage, you can finish each other's sentences, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Great. Some call that interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> What's the thing about always finishing each other's sandwiches? What's that from? Oh, that's from Frozen. Okay. Oh. Gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> yep, yep. So the whole plot revolves around the president of the United States getting kidnapped. Yeah, just he's a very interesting president. He's like a, a blue jean president, right? He wears... Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a president of the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> no tie, blue, blue jeans, blazer. No tie. Yep. 
<laughs> and he's a straight talker, right? It's like, I'm going to make That's these right. environmental improvements, and I don't have to compromise with anyone, right? Well, he didn't need to because he had enough votes, is what was the idea, I think. Because oh, you're talking about the yeah. part where, where uh, the dad from A Christmas Story comes in and yep. tries yep. to get him to stop, right? And he's like, you don't have the votes for it, basically, is what he said. <laughs> so it wasn't that he was like some sort of like dictator going, ha, 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 can't stop me unless you're the Ninth Circuit Court. so there's definitely sorry uh, i need to i need to work some of this out of my system here on uh, (laughs) you got a lot of edits to make charlie here on april 28th 2017 pretty much any movie with a president you know just think oh i'd I'd take that president (laughs) watching pixels watching captain america (laughs) independence day right yeah. Peaks into better futures. <laughs> Alternate timelines. Yeah. Ours <laughs> attacks. I'd just like America to know we got two out of three branches of government working for them, and that ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> so remember in the early to mid 90s when you could have the good guy try to do something environmentally friendly, and we all knew that it was a good thing? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we all agree. Right, it yeah, was like very the, common in all like movies, TV shows, yeah. Yeah. and the bad guys were always like serial polluters and things. Yeah, <laughs> I have a clip of the the president's press conference, which I thought was well, up until recently, was one of the most depressing news conferences I'd ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to find millions of new jobs for the people who make disposable plastics, toxins. Household pesticides. It's bad medicine. And nobody said the medicine was going to taste any good. But can we afford not to take it? I don't think so. If we don't take this medicine now, we'll all die. Slowly. But we'll die. Thank you. (laughs) somebody call sean connery medicine man (laughs) (laughs) something i also distinctly remember from this movie the first time was that the president was a child and saw captain america strapped to a rocket took a picture (laughs) and that's what inspired him to become president well i guess before that he wanted to be president right he told his mom I mean, he wanted to be so bad he couldn't sleep. (laughs) He had to go take pictures of his future house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. By the way, can we just briefly talking about the Red Skull trying to learn English and knows all these complex sentences, but can't translate Casablanca. (laughs) (laughs) How do you say Casablanca? It's like, really? Come on. got it confused with the movie (laughs) so yeah so we had prototypical hydra who apparently had instituted like three major assassinations on american soil uh although they weren't actually called hydra but they basically seemed like hydra right did they did they have an i didn't catch a name in this i don't think they had a name so i'm just assuming they're hydra like yeah people from all sorts of different countries it's kind of illuminati almost 
but yeah, yeah I think Hydra makes sense. International closet Nazis. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. What's up? <laughs> uh, we, we were just talking about closet Nazis pulling the strings of the American political system. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a closet with like a glass door. <laughs> <laughs> it's a closet that's open wide yeah. uh but yeah so he has a daughter who appears to be the evil italian leah thompson i noticed oh right she looked very similar especially after just watching howard the duck not so long ago yeah like anytime she had like the sunglasses on like it was like wow that really looks like leah thompson i guess her eyes were a little different but from a distance with sunglasses on I I was suddenly ready for some human duck relationships. <laughs> you were ready for that? <laughs> I'm always ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm never not ready. Yeah. <laughs> Perpetual state of readiness. Yeah. I'm not sure the world's ready for it, but Adam is. <laughs> and Paul. Don't, uh, and Paul. Yes. don't count Paul out. I'm, I'm always ready. <laughs> it's it's almost uh, I'm I'm painfully ready. <laughs> Now, I thought that that sort of readiness, you were supposed to go to a doctor if it lasts for more than four hours. <laughs> that's that's only if you're not enjoying it. <laughs> it's only if it's not intentional. <laughs> Very. This time around, I definitely enjoyed the uh, aloof Italian hit squad that she was running. Like the, uh, the <laughs> yeah. scene in the, the jet where they're all just like, well, if they had cell phones, they'd all be checking their cell phones, but they're all just kind of very bored about the fact that they're trying to assassinate everyone. I liked how many of them were women. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think the first uh, in the scene in Canada when they're on the motorcycles, weren't both of them women? Yes. Yes. And Red Skull is very oh, disappointed I, I, I that she doesn't kill. Oh, no, I don't know. It sounded like you were going to play a clip. I can play a clip that was playing in the truck when... Uh, Captain America was trying to get back to Southern California. Are you going to play the original song? I'm going to play a capture of the song. Uh, I can insert the original. America. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no way to contain him. It just reminds me of Bob Seger. I was wondering if he was specifically going for that sound. I oh, that's that's exactly, exactly what I thought. <laughs> I, I remember back uh, when they had the montage of all the different papers leading up to the president becoming president. They were playing from different eras. And uh, like each of those songs sounded like they were trying to emulate a very specific song like there was definitely a led zeppelin song in there that was just slightly off yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it always sounded to me like too i was like are they like a decade ahead with the music uh, right now <laughs> like <laughs> just teasing what the I feel like it was is. a little out of sync somehow <laughs> i had that feeling too but i really liked how the text of every single 
uh, newspaper article started with something about someone's ex-wife. <laughs> yeah, it's the ex-wife of some Padres player, I think. It's like, man, they bring that up every time they talk about President Kimball. Sometimes so twice on the same page. Although the very last newspaper article, I think, had different text. Going to have to go back and watch it again. Oh, no. <laughs> At half speed. <laughs> Going to have to wait. <laughs> so what did you guys think of like the actual storyline? I didn't think it was too bad. I mean, so some of it, like him getting frozen for a long period of time, is just kind of the story, right? Mm-hmm. There wasn't any super soldier serum here either, right? It was just him getting electrocuted? Well, it was her perfecting the thing she'd done on Red Skull, right? Yeah, Which was process. what? Process. I don't know, some process. <laughs> the, the equivalent of the super soldier serum. Lever pulling changey. Yeah. Like a syringe or something moving. I mean, at least they say that she didn't tell anybody how to do it, right? So they don't have to give us an explanation because nobody knows what it was. Right. Well, so, you know, they can't make more. But I would like to play, I'd like to have a thought experiment with you, with all of you for a second here. Sure. So, this movie. Are you eating? Yes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is about a man who no one knows anything about. They don't even know his name. But he uh, saves the White House, gets frozen for 50 years, comes back and seeks revenge on the businessman who uh, attempted to kill him 50 years ago. We don't actually have any evidence of his superpowers beyond feigning car sickness. <laughs> and I guess. Oh, he's got the awesome pretty with the shield. Yeah, being pretty handy with the shield. That was out right there, too, right? But he doesn't. He can get shot like half a dozen times and then be able to stand up and be like, I'm going to Europe a day later. All I'm, all I'm saying is that at the end, when he, uh, when president, the president, President Ronnie, whatever his name is, <laughs> uh, issued a heartfelt thanks to Captain America and how we're all in the fight again or whatever. That must have been very confusing, as the news anchor said. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is this part of the secret Manchurian candidate code that <laughs> that President Ronnie got? Yeah, that was, that so was, I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting from a point of view in that this seems to, as far as I can tell, to be the only Captain America movie in which no one has ever really heard of Captain America. Mm. Yeah, that is true. I mean, you don't really notice it because you know who he is and you know who Red Skull is throughout the entire movie. But yeah, if you sit back and think about it, <laughs> nobody really knows what's going on except Captain America and Red Captain Skull America. and the, the president. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the, the sole picture of Captain America. Right. She didn't really tell anybody except his, like, best friend about. And they don't even know his name because Ned Beatty has to look it up in a top secret file to find out he's even called Captain America. Yeah, and that file has the information about where Captain America used to live, right? And that's how they eventually find him, was that they mm-hmm. follow Ned Beatty. And <laughs> well, they were bugging his line. Yeah, and then they shoot him in the back, and then they shoot the father, and then they shoot, or I don't know what they do with the mother. They imply it was off camera, I guess. PG thirteen. When the daughter meets up with the Italian Leia Thompson, uh, there's is there some sort of implication that her face has been disfigured? 
Because she like what? puts the gun up to her mouth and is like, you'll get lines here and here or whatever. Oh, I guess I missed that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was very well drawn out, but... More of those missing scenes. Yes, exactly. So there is a romance, well, some sort of romance thing going on between the daughter and Captain America, right? Or is it just like Not a friendship? even really. It's, yeah. she's, just, kinda... she's just there to find out who killed her mom. I guess so. She gave him a, she gave him like kind of a notable like cheek kiss towards the end there. Well, it's a high stress situation. So there was also the chase scene, right? Where they're getting chased. Well, first they get chased by a motorcycle, right? And the, no, they get chased by a car and then by a motorcycle. And I think the car does the typical it crashes through a a food cart, right? So we get that, and then we get it almost runs over a couple of children that they have to save. Yeah, first there's like the, there's like orange carts, and there's the kids. I mean, they didn't have to save the kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been a much darker movie. <laughs> Director's the, cut. They saved the president, but at what cost? <laughs> they really wanted to put that. Captain America cares not for the lives of foreigners. <laughs> it's Captain America. <laughs> Not Captain Italy. <laughs> Where's your captain now, Italy? <laughs> but that that leads to the uh they pay some children for a uh a bike and then launch it over the uh edge of a cliff. And I remember discussing this the first time that if you watch that scene there's a cut where she's riding at the front of the bicycle, and then immediately after the cut and they go over the edge, he magically ends up in front of her, like they've switched positions. And there's also about a half-second clip where you see them both like running the bike over the edge. So like, <laughs> like I, I would have cut that part right there, where you see the actors like taking a running jump over the side. <laughs> but That's why you're not a director. I guess so, yeah. Must have been the reason they left it in to get the extra one second of of footage. It brought him up to feature length. <laughs> Ninety seven minutes. <laughs> oh, did you want to talk about how uh, hitting uh, the Red Skull with a shield magically disarms his n- nuclear device? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, because he presses the button once, and he doesn't do anything again. Like he didn't have to press it again, did he? Was was it waiting for like the last press of the button? I mean, maybe. I assume that once all the things popped up, he had to mash it with his palm, and they they knocked him out before he could do that. Yeah, this is kind of a strange device. Like all those quarters of the semi of the circle, like pushing out, like at the right times. I, I, yeah, I thought it was just an automated process, and that like nothing was going to change when he got knocked over. I was like, when he threw the shield, I was like. Seems seemed kind of irresponsible. Like he was just hoping he'd drop it and then he could run over and grab the thing. Or must have been one of those pickup shots they didn't get to do. <laughs> they were gonna have an actual explosion. They're <laughs> <laughs> gonna set off an actual nuclear device. <laughs> but they ran out of money. Bomb that historical Italian castle or whatever. <laughs> why? Why does he have a nuclear device set up? Because he's a villain. To kill yeah. himself? To take out as many yeah, that's people what he as says. possible? He said he's going to take out yeah. both of them. Well, I just... I mean, you've got to have a kind of low opinion of yourself as far as 
whether you're going to succeed at your plans if your failsafe is just to kill yourself and everyone around you, everyone in Southern Europe. Yeah, dude's like 70 years old. What's he got left? <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't even look badass with his red skull anymore. Right. That was going to be what he did on his uh, deathbed. Ah, I've lived a long and (laughs) glorious life. (laughs) With my last breath, I'll blow everything up. I stab at thee. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Ah, it's just, well, looks like we're done here. Click. I'm bored. (laughs) I will say, I I do agree that I didn't really get, you didn't really capture, like, that kind of chaotic sense you know how there's some villains who could be like i'm gonna blow up everything and you're like oh god but this guy i don't know it wasn't very convincing that yeah. he was like a suicide blower right. upper guy it was also bizarre that he had that piano up on top of the castle like yeah it really looked like they had just shot like a michael bolton music video up there or something <laughs> <laughs> and they're like all right we'll just take care of this just leave it how it is <laughs> Like, you can't leave it there, right? Like, it might rain or something. So, yeah. they put and a it was tarp really over up it? there. Like, I, I don't know what they did to get it up there and keep it dry. Well, they just have the henchman wheel it back down when it's going <laughs> to rain. <laughs> Most of the time, the henchmen don't have anything to do. <laughs> Who's on piano duty tonight? Uh, I guess it's me. <laughs> but the president gets to help out in the final battle scene, which was kind of fun. Eat. He he does really did his fair share, right? Yeah, and, a lot of punches. And, uh, he's the president, and he puts himself at risk for really not a lot of reason. But he does like a job, so I guess it was worthwhile. What do you mean, not a lot of reason? He's a can-do kind of president. He's a can-do kind of president on enemy soil. He's got to fight his way out. I guess, but as president, isn't you, your responsibility to protect yourself to some extent, especially when you have a superhero fighting? Have you seen Air Force One? Well, okay. I guess if you're the best man for the job. That's right. Then you're the best at everything. <laughs> or you find a minority of the country to voting for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like here how he, he won by the slimmest of margins. That's back when you, you needed to actually have the majority of the votes. <laughs> you need to have the majority of the votes. <laughs> worked out for rutherford b hayes no that's true you're right you're right it's historical president 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 See what you did so there. Pres- it's unprecedented historical president works here too uh. rutherford b hayes is an historical president <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait until we get our next historical president <laughs> <laughs> Here is the president talking to Captain America right before they do their thing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Don't mention it, sir. Steve Rogers. We've met. I don't see how. You mean, you were the little boy? I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Are you about to kiss? We gotta get going, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds incredibly filthy when it's just audio. <laughs> I hope you realize that. You were the little boy. 
with the music like swelling. And- <laughs> I saw that little boy when I was on a rocket going hundreds of miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> Just never forget him. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, that was like a week ago for Captain America. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's a, he's, he's got good eyesight. It was a good spot. <laughs> well, he's got the super soldier serum. That's how he's got good eyesight. No, that's true. Oh, all, right. all ties together. Like he does make perfect sense, Doug. You're right. <laughs> as long as you're familiar with the source material. <laughs> you just need a little bit. Of, just do the minimum of background knowledge. It's a little nudge. <laughs> airtight. So. Oh, that's what? what the scene with the rat was for. They were like, it's twice as good as a regular rat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what does that mean? I just mean? thought that was to show off their stop motion. You can do t- double the rat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty. That that rat was actually pretty awesome in the stop motion on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had forgotten why they were watching a movie about a rat, and they I'm like, "This is the most boring movie ever." And then they turn it off. Like, why are they watching this movie of a rat? What do you do in your spare time? <laughs> is this what is this what Nazis do in their spare time? <laughs> Just yeah. alternating between Ratatouille and Mouse Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the secret of Nim. Oh, it's, yeah. And yeah. the mouse that roared. Oh. Uh, I don't think that's the same kind of mouse. <laughs> well, it just has to have mouse in the title. Oh, okay. They're oh. not picky. And they read mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand this book at all. <laughs> This seems all backwards to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't like the content, but it is about mice. (laughs) What if we're the bad guys? You ever think about that? Oh, have you ever seen that Mitchell and Webb sketch where they're like, oh yeah, they're in like World War II, like SS officers, and one just is like, "Are we the bad guys?" (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, are we the bad guys? Are our emblem is literally a skull. <laughs> Good guys do. I actually just watched that recently. It's pretty funny. No idea what you're talking about. Well, now we have an excuse to put it in the blog. Absolutely. That's, that's really all I just try to do is just put things into the blog post. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we have the animated GIF that's sweeping the nation, yeah. right? At least it was yeah. a year ago when I never saw it. Yeah, but swept the nation. Now it's Fully coming back swept around. The nation. <laughs> which which nation was it? Uh, <laughs> uh, Italy, I guess, right? Yeah, Yugoslavia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's like the wave, right? It's coming back around again. So. Oh, okay. I have at least captured the audio. So you can listen to the audio now, and then you can see the visual later on the website. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. President! Thanks. That's it. <laughs> really uh, loses its uh, punch without the uh, cheesy thumbs up grin. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the president never loses his punch. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Captain America, who does it twice. <laughs> oh, no, because don't you remember the, the one henchman stops the president? He gets oh, yeah, he grabs his he fist. Just, yeah. <laughs> Like, no more fate, no more predictable face punches for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Only the president had learned to throw a left cross. 
<laughs> I did enjoy the moment where the president slammed the henchman against the wall and then lifted his fist to give him a right cross and then realized he had actually already knocked the guy out when he hit the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great moment. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> oh, how can we just watch that whole movie? <laughs> Where the president just saves Captain himself. America. What? <laughs> Could watch President Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like the sequel to Captain Ronnie? Now I want to go on YouTube and see if there's a presidential violence supercut. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love uh, supercuts. I I just saw one on today on somebody uh, posted on Reddit, which was every scene where Tom Cruise is running from every movie he's ever been in, and it's 19 minutes long. <laughs> it's like in important videos, the Nicolas Cage driving scenes, <laughs> where it's just like, it's close up of his face, like, turning the wheel back and forth. Like, <laughs> pretty much the whole National Treasure series. <laughs> best i can come up with right now is a super cut of all the pain and violence in christmas movies (laughs) i'm good i'm good start with like tongue stuck to the telephone pole (laughs) so what did ultimately what did we all think of the movie how would you consign it back to the wastes of alaska or would you thaw it out for a bit (laughs) i thought out i thought it was you know, I thought it was thoroughly entertaining. I never was like, hurry up and, and get it over with. Right. I think 97 minutes was the correct length for the movie. Yeah. Add, yeah. add another 20, you know, I'd be just done with it. Yeah, I think that uh, there's definitely some awkward moments. Although, I th- I honestly think the costume really is a huge problem with this movie. It's really, it took me a long time to get past just how bad that costume is. Yeah. And, or not even bad. Like it's fine in long shot, right? It's like it's how how poorly tailored to Matt Salinger that costume is. I think it's probably the better way of putting it. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I like that there was very. It seemed very forward thinking in some ways, making all like so many women henchmen and stuff. And like I enjoyed that. And it wasn't like a female char- lead character who was like clinging on constantly to Captain America. Like she had agency and stuff too. I like that. So, I mean, it's a for sure it's a flawed film, but I didn't hate it. I mean, I would probably give it five shields out of ten. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, yeah, clearly based on what you were talking about earlier, this movie had some editing problems. And I think that was the biggest drawback for it. But overall, I still really liked it. Like if they had actually shot the extra scenes that they wanted to shoot and put them in the places they wanted, I think it would have held up a little bit better. But especially the first half was a little bit hard to follow exactly where they were at any given moment. But yeah, I'd give it I'd give it six shields. Doug? Five and a half. Uh, I felt like it kind of suffered from the, the poor production values. And uh, as Charlie pointed out, just you know, scene, 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 just no transition whatsoever. And like you said, it was just kind of like, who is this Captain America guy? You know, never so quite saying understood. It could have been better. Yeah, never quite understood the motivation of the Red Skull. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Well, he wanted to promote pollution. How do you get from Nazism to pollution, though? 
Well, as we've seen, it's apparently a very thin line. <laughs> <laughs> it pains me how correct you are with that insight. <laughs> Paul, any, uh, any, would you like to rate a number of shields and any final thoughts? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll give it seven shields. Mm. So it's better than Howard the Duck, in your opinion. Oh. Because uh, you gave Howard the Duck a six. Yeah, I, actually, I think so. Maybe some of that, like, I, I feel like this didn't feel as long. I don't know what the running times are, but I remember Howard the Duck kind of being like, all right, we, uh, we get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it okay, like, kind of had that second half of Stripes feel to it, whereas this kind of was like, all right, and it's done. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> How long that, is that's my done? my criteria for giving a movie a generally positive rating. It's an hour and fifty one minutes. All right, Howard the Duck is an hour fifty one. Oh, okay. <laughs> it felt oh. like it. Yeah, you feel every one of those. <laughs> I also, you know, largely agree with the rest of your guys' comments, especially Doug's, because it was like I I didn't really didn't really get the the villain motivation very strongly. But also, you know, I also didn't feel like I really had to care. Right. Yeah, to a certain extent, I know what you mean. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's took some of the pressure off. <laughs> evil villain is evil. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. You know. It's indoctrinated by Nazis. Right, there you go. Stable. Yeah. <laughs> Italian Nazis. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks, everyone, for participating. And. Our next stop along our Merry Marvel Movie March is the legendary 1994 film, The Fantastic Four. Ooh, I've been meaning to see this. Yeah, I have not seen it yet. I'm going to get to it right after Spider-Man The Dragon's Challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, the sequel to Strikes Back. (laughs) Maybe I'll just hit uh, play all on this mix Spider-Man Strikes Back 1978 full movie playlist that YouTube has crafted. (laughs) (laughs) Give me this movie on random. (laughs) See you guys next week. (laughs) Give me this on shuffle, guys. (laughs) I I did lie to you earlier about one thing, and uh, I actually did watch part of this movie at twice speed. So we're going (laughs) to play this out by first playing the song that was played over the credits, which, by the way, the guy who did this song and the one that we played earlier was named Southside Johnny Lion. (laughs) So this is what the song was, was supposed to sound like. This is what this this is what the song sounded like when I was watching the credits at two times speed. Oh, your version better. I did too. Now I want to watch the credits on half speed. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> if it's really good, I'll uh, I'll insert it too. Ah, <laughs> uh. oh, Southside Johnny, uh, closely associated with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Oh, eh, I 
I could kind of buy that. If this is the same Southside Johnny, I guess. Southside Johnny L-Y-O-N. Well, that's what I typed in, and it's giving me Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes as the name of the band. Hmm. Southside Johnny performed the theme song for Dave's World. You may be right. Wow, that takes me back. Yeah, I can even, I can still picture exactly, and by picture I mean here, in my head, exactly how that goes. Me too, which is weird, because I literally haven't thought of that in years and years and years. I haven't thought about Dave's World in forever. (laughs) How long was Dave's World on? Probably like a season or two. I feel like it was longer than that. Well, ask your Google. Dave's World, from 1993 to 1997. Four seasons. Wow. 98 episodes. Right, because Dave's World is the first place where I ever saw Patrick Warburton. Because he was like the, uh, mm. the like neighbor or something. Yeah, okay. Hey there, uh, we were so excited about playing this song back at different speeds on YouTube that we forgot to record an outro. This is actually at 1.25 speed, which is our favorite. Special thanks to our guests, Doug Gobeski and Paul Wilcox. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and see you next time. So the whole plot revolves around the president of the United States getting kidnapped. And then yes. Red Skull... I'm president <laughs> getting kidnapped by ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> you a bad enough dude to save the president <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or is it rescue i think it might be rescue burgers at the end <laughs> and, and the reason is because i remember from sam and max uh somebody asking are you a bad enough president to rescue the dude <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the but next video game bad presidents Uh, too soon (laughs) the president is currently not kidnapped by ninjas (laughs) do you control him and just have to wander around at night until you get kidnapped he's just trying to get kidnapped before you reach your your coke quota are you a bad enough president to get kidnapped by ninjas wander around the grounds in your bathrobe (laughs) I'm right here ninjas come get me